Welcome to the White Sunglasses. I'm Jindai. My pronouns are she, her, they, them, and I'm a gender-fluid, queer, black woman who is doing fine. Now, I'm not fine all the time. Sometimes I feel incredibly anxious to the point where my productivity can either skyrocket or absolutely plummet. Sometimes I feel motivationless and can lay on the couch staring into space for hours. Sometimes I feel really good, like I could lift weights for an hour or do a two-hour hike. When's the last time you checked in with yourself? Whether it's been a few minutes, a few days, or a few weeks, or even never, I want you to honestly ask yourself this question. How am I doing? Now, are you ready? Let's dive into episode two, caring for your biceps. Yes, you heard me correctly, but I'm not talking about how swole you get in the gym. I'm talking about your core needs. Before we can talk about how to care for our core needs, let's do a deep dive into what core needs are. I mentioned them briefly in episode one, but it's okay if you don't remember. The core needs are belonging, improvement, choice, equality, predictability, and status, or biceps, for short. Now, they may sound simple, but there's a lot behind those single words that describe the most important things about you and to you. There's also a lot to think about when we consider that our friend, the amygdala, needs our biceps to be in check at all times, or she goes a little spazzy when we don't feel safe. So let's start by breaking down the B in biceps, belonging. When you hear the word belonging, what do you think of? What memories does that conjure up for you? For me, I think of when I moved to a new town and started high school. Everybody knew each other except for me, which made me feel so alone. I hated high school for months because I constantly felt like the odd person out. And it wasn't until my second year of high school that I really started to make friends and feel like I'd found people I could be myself with. But before that, I was afraid to speak up and afraid to be in spaces where others have their friend groups. Because for me, it felt like I didn't belong, like I had no one in my corner. It helps to think of belonging like that, as having someone in your corner, as having a corner at all, where others can comfortably step in and out as they please, and you the same. You see, belonging, at least in terms of core needs, is feeling like you're part of a group. 
You know that slow release of endorphins that comes with talking with someone new at a gathering and realizing you have things in common? That's the B in your biceps getting satisfied. Your brain doesn't have to be on the defensive as much because there's not as much worry about feeling excluded. Now, that's not to say that every single person hates not having friends. In fact, having friends is different from what belonging is. In fact, it's simply just one of many parts of it. Consider instead someone working in a team for a project and feeling like they're useful to others or driving through a neighborhood and seeing political signs that match your own leanings or morals. There are a multitude of ways that our brains comprehend belonging, and thus, there's no catch-all to describe everyone's experiences with belonging. But I want you to keep your own experiences in mind as we go through the rest of biceps together. Next is improvement. Have you ever been at a job where everything is fine, but you feel unhappy? Despite work feeling doable, despite good connections with coworkers or your boss, you're feeling unfulfilled. That has to do with your core need for improvement. Improvement means your sense of purposeful progress of feeling like things are moving forward for you in life. However, improvement can also be about how you see your work affecting others. In other words, causing improvement. Does what you do improve others' lives in any way? Improvement can also be about personal growth and learning new skills, or focusing on things that matter to you for your own betterment. So when you feel stagnated in life, whether about work, a relationship, a hobby, your amygdala feels threatened because things aren't progressing towards something better. It starts to feel like you're trapped like you're living a purposeless life. Because of the many ways we each describe personal growth and progress in our lives, those threats to the eye of our biceps can be wildly different and yet still cause the same feelings of unease. When have you felt stagnated in life? Take note of it and the feelings associated with it before moving on. Next, we have choice. This one is fairly straightforward, so don't stress. Choice is ultimately about autonomy. What do you have control over in your life? And is it actually something you control 
Does it feel like things are always happening to you versus because of your intent? Does it feel like you can make decisions about your life instead of having them made for you? That's autonomy or the ability to have control over yourself and what you do, say, and feel. Another way to think of it is as living your life to act instead of always reacting. When there's a lack of choice, we feel boxed in. We feel like there's no options in our lives. And to be honest, it sucks. It's like being trapped in a cage and waiting for the universe to throw us scraps. Our girl Amygdala hates waiting for scraps. She wants to take charge. So when our sea of biceps is threatened, that panic sets in. Defense mode is activated. And for people who have to live in sustained lack of choice, it never stops. When have you felt like you weren't in control versus taking control? Write that down. Remember that feeling. Next up is equality. Equality means a lot of things, but ultimately it comes down to feeling like everything is equitable and fair. That means access to resources like money, time, space, food, and more. It also means access to information that feels relevant and available for all. It can also be about how you support others equally or feel supported equally by others. It means that decision-making processes feel balanced and like everyone is being treated as important. Now, this is a tricky one. While equality is supposed to be about fairness for the whole, oftentimes it gets interpreted as fairness for the individual. That means that while something may be deemed fair for all, it feels like someone is losing their privileges. For example, take the phrase Black Lives Matter. It's a phrase designed to uplift and emphasize the importance of treating Black lives as equally valuable as white lives. However, we've all heard the rebuttal, All Lives Matter. This rebuttal is the response for when the E in biceps feels threatened. When someone doesn't understand exactly what Black Lives Matter is saying, they take it as their own rights or their life's value is being stripped away to add more value to Black lives. This same ideology applies with things like allocating resources, levels of support people receive, and so much more from the individual to the institutional levels. 
Ooh, that's heavy. If it feels like a lot to digest, let's take a deep breath. Ooh. We're almost through biceps, and then we can talk about taking care of ourselves. Let's keep going, shall we? Predictability means you don't have to guess. You can anticipate what's next in life and prepare for future challenges. It also means you know where your next meal is coming from or when you'll have a chance to sit down and read a book or move into a bigger home. You get a sense of direction and purpose when you know what's coming. When life throws you lemons and you're expecting lemons, it's a lot easier to prepare to make lemonade. But when life throws you lemons, when you are expecting apples, it's a bit harder to switch up the plan. When the unexpected happens, we feel flustered and worried that there will be more that we haven't planned for. It leads to a cycle of mistrust for the future. Personally, I do my best when life is predictable. I think a lot of people can say that too. When things come at me randomly, like when I have to switch up my plan because someone wants to go to a different restaurant, I feel my anxiety about the situation rise. Even though, logically, I know there's nothing to be worried about, my amygdala is still firing up because we didn't plan for changes to the plan. You might be similar, or you might have something else that triggers your amygdala into feeling threatened when you can't predict what life throws at you. Last but not least, we have significance. This core need has to do with visible recognition, with feeling like you're valued and appreciated in ways that feel good. While it most directly correlates to work or extracurriculars involving teamwork, significance can also be between intimate relationships. Expressing your love to your partner can be one way of showing that they are significant, and receiving thanks from them is a way to gain significance. When your work goes unrecognized, you begin to feel insignificant. When's the last time you felt appreciated and recognized? I asked you in the beginning of this episode when the last time you checked in with yourself was. Now that we've gone through a full explanation of biceps, I want to do another check-in. This time, I just want you to ask yourself how your core needs are doing. Do you feel like your biceps are being taken care of? If yes, which ones? And how? If no, which ones? And 
how are they being neglected? Take a little bit of time to be honest with yourself about how you're feeling and experiencing life right now. I'm right here with you. Now, what does taking care of your biceps even mean? Well, first, let me make something clear. Not everyone prioritizes the same biceps. Some folks might be totally fine in the significance department, but feel like their choice and improvement need help or vice versa. And that's totally okay. If we're all different, why should we experience life the same or feel our core needs in the same ways? There's no catch-all for how you can care for your biceps because we've learned in this podcast just how complex they all are. But I want to walk you through some ways you can start caring for yourself if you haven't already as well as ways you can improve how you address your biceps, how you can work to control that fight or flight response when your biceps are under attack. The best way I feel I can talk about how to care for your biceps is to talk about how I address my own. As a black queer person, I'm always hyper aware of when I feel like I don't belong As someone who grew up in a low economic class, I'm always thinking about improvement as well. I would say choice for me is usually okay. My amygdala always feels like equality is under attack because of my identities, from the government, from political figures, from prejudiced people on the street, and even prejudiced people in my family. Predictability for me is important because of my anxiety, but it doesn't always feel attacked. And lastly, significance tends to feel okay with work and personal relationships. However, it tends to feel attacked during politically charged periods. The past few years have been taxing as hell, y'all. So how do I take care of myself? How do I give my amygdala rest before and after she's been activated? Again, this might only apply to me, but that's okay. I hope this helps you think about how you are and what you do or can do. When my amygdala gets activated, it's usually so quick that I need to understand what it is specifically around me that's causing me such discomfort. Is it the news? Turn the TV off. Is it the idea of a phone call with a homophobic family member? Don't call them or reschedule if possible. Feeling like there's no autonomy in a situation? If I'm not comfortable speaking up immediately, I write down what it is that made me feel powerless. And honestly, 
Writing down things works for all situations when your amygdala feels threatened. What is it that triggered you? How did you feel when you got hijacked? From there, look at your self-care routines. What types of things do you normally do to breathe, to relax, to feel present? Maybe it's lighting some candles and having some tea. Maybe it's getting outside for a run. Maybe it's reading a book, baking a cake, building a treehouse, binging your favorite show. Whatever it is, embrace it. Your self-care routines are how you honor your brain's necessary break from life. Now, you might be wondering if it's possible to stop your amygdala from getting triggered ahead of time. Maybe there's some way to not feel so threatened all the time. And while I do have a tip, it isn't so black and white. If you're feeling like your amygdala is always on the lookout, just waiting to pounce into action, it might have to do with how you view others. I'm serious. One of the ways you can best fight your fight or flight is to understand what or who did it in the first place. If it's a person, try asking for clarification on what they said or did. Or try opening up the space to say, hey, I'm uncomfortable right now. You don't have to know why, but giving yourself that little bit of wiggle room helps the amygdala feel a little less trapped in these situations. I know it might sound counterintuitive, like why would you want to engage with the thing that's messing you up? <laughs> but one of the important things to know about our amygdala is that she's usually hijacked because of the unknown. So the more you know, the less likely you are to be hijacked by that same thing in the future. Still not convinced? Well, think about it like this. Your boss just assigned you with a new project that will take up all of your time for the day. The P in your biceps, predictability, has been compromised. Hijacking, inbound, but wait. Before we let it take over, let's open up the door for conversation if possible. Try asking your boss if it's okay to share that this sudden change has given you anxiety. Or if you don't feel comfortable talking to your boss, try sharing with coworkers to see if there's any way they can assist. Journal your thoughts to try and understand what it is specifically that got you hijacked. Was it the new assignment being a lot of work? 
Was it that your plans for the day were changed? Was it that your boss didn't ask first? All of these things are ways you can try to understand the hijacking. And when you start to understand, you start to feel at ease. And when you start to feel at ease, you're better prepared for next time. How are you right now? What feels like your most pressing core need? The one that needs your attention the most? Take some time in between work and life to just sit with yourself. Address what causes your anxieties and hijacking and be patient with yourself. This isn't gonna get solved overnight, but damn, I wish it could. But taking care of your core needs is an ever-evolving, ever-growing process. It is hard. But we're taking care of our biceps together, one step at a time. I'll check in with you again next time.